gender realizations, sexual awakenings, and some very cute outfits. We had Casey watch Wandering Sun, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host producer at Weave of All Trades, and person who's really mad at you because the person I like likes you, PJ. And I'm the supportive older friend who's going through the same thing as you are, Skylar. And with us as always is our second year student, really mad that you didn't say hi back, Casey. And I have a wandering eye, but I can't help that. I was born that way. Casey. Well, if all that and the episode title wasn't enough of a hit, we are watching Wandering Sun this week as we continue through Pride Month. Yay. Casey, why don't you tell me, based on the name alone, Wandering Sun, what did you think this anime was going to be about? The first thing I thought of, um, and I I say this with no irony, do you guys know the biblical story of the prodigal son? (laughs) That is what the name is low-key referencing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I thought that would have been so like way off of being like, really? The Bible, Casey? That's what we're going to bring into this? No, it's 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 a play on Prodigal Son. Oh, do you guys remember in the 90s when like major mo- like motion picture companies would make like animated movies from the Bible? Yes, The Prince of yes. Egypt is top tier movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that duet with Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Fabulous. There can be miracles. The one thing I don't like about DreamWorks in that era is they concentrate on getting such big names that it seems really out of place, like in those character roles. I think they go too celebrity heavy and don't necessarily pick the right person for the role. Like Jeff Goldblum, he's fantastic. Do I think he was great for the part? Not really. Yeah, you wouldn't pick Jeff Goldblum. I agree. Before we get way too into (laughs) Jeff Goldblum's beautiful voice not fitting that character, did you have any other thoughts besides it being the prodigal son? Um, no, I just thought like, oh, this is gonna be some sort of anime adaptation where like the this son, like same exact story. It's just you know anime <laughs> and i thought it would I, I knew based on that it was going to be a slice of life anime because i mean it wouldn't be a like shonen anime That'd although could you imagine i was gonna say well once you saw the poster did your thoughts change um i thought um my thoughts did change i saw i do declare I, w- I do declare i thought maybe this is about like I thought because it is Pride Month and so it's like a default, like I have to go with some sort of pride agenda. Maybe like um, the posters of these two lesbians. I don't know. It's a lesbian romance. I don't know. That's just an easy default setting because I thought maybe uh, the character <laughs> on the right might be a lesbian. <laughs> like the one dressed like Avril well, Lavigne from 2002. Let's talk about those characters then. Let's start with the girl in the red dress. Girl in red. That's a lesbian thing. <laughs> Lady in red. <laughs> you that. Thing, but yes. But yeah, tell me what you thought about that character. I did think about this after. I thought lesbians initially, but then I was like, no, that's too easy. (laughs) Um, Even though it's an anime, that'd be way hard, actually. But I thought maybe she... So I have these two characters. She's like the secret mom of the other character. Like, do you remember how like (laughs) Rachel... Jack Nicholson? No. uh, Although, forget what I was going to say. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I That's was Jack thinking Nicholson, of, right? Or am I thinking of a different celebrity? I'm thinking of um, like the reference I was going for was like Rachel and I, her mom from Glee. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. You're thinking of Rodney Dangerfield back to school. 
<laughs> you guys know no, old white I guys. Think, I think it's either Jack Nicholson or some other celebrity. If I'm wrong about the celebrity, you you get it. Where he his mom had him super young, so like they just his grandma raised him as his mom, and like he thought his mom was his sister. That's father of the bride too, PJ. Casey, I didn't. <laughs> we're done on this podcast. <laughs> Oh my god. Comment below if you're gonna watch the new Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride, there's like already what there was two movies. Yeah, and now they're making they're remaking them another Father of the Bride movie. Alright, Secret Mother, go. Yeah, exactly. So it's gonna be like she's the secret mom, um, kind of like um Idina Menzel or however John Travolta said her name from Glee, where she's gonna be like checking in on this uh kid on the right. And um, she's like, hmm, I gave you away because I couldn't afford you. But now I'm back because I love you and I don't care about you, what you really need. <laughs> well, then tell me about this other character, the one in the button up. Oh, OK. So this is basically giving me like emo Craig from Degrassi vibes. Um, I couldn't decide on the gender. So I went back and forth. Originally, I was like lesbian. Then I'm like, no, I'm going to just, you know, play both sides of the fence here. And so I'm going to say that this character, he is like... Uh, like a really tough kid who doesn't know love. And just like Craig, he too is going to have a threesome with Ashley and Manny. And um, no one's going to understand how he was able to get either of those characters. I was going to say, Craig is so toxic, but also his dad was so abusive. But that doesn't and he's forgive got so many toxic mental illnesses. Yeah, that doesn't mean you get to be toxic. It does not. Yeah. What is the Marcus Parks quote? It's just like, it's not your fault that you have mental illness, but you are responsible for your mental illness. Mental illness isn't your fault, but it's your responsibility or something like that. Yeah, that's a yeah. beautiful sentiment. I love that. More people need to hear that. Why did I think the quote was going to be specific to Craig? <laughs> like, are they going to be like, he made a specific quote about Craig? <laughs> but also, Ashley is annoying. I was going to say, like, she is annoying, and, like, I get how he got with Ashley, but how did he get Manny? Like, she was too because hot for all those people. he was an older man who went for a freshman. Thank you for tuning into our Degrassi podcast, Whatever It Takes. <laughs> I was going to say, whatever it takes, we'll hope you subscribe below. Do, do, do. Do you ever... Casey, do you remember the shark in the water video from like Fuse or the end that they would play as like the preview <laughs> for the yes. uh, the next next generation of Degrassi? All right, yes, we're gonna do. we're gonna cut this Degrassi talk real short. Shark in the water. Oh God, I can't. Well, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna watch episodes one and two of Wandering Sun. So please stay tuned. I know you might not want to after all of that, but please, I beg of you, stay tuned. All right, we're back, and we had Casey watch episodes one and two of Wandering Sun. Casey, tell me, what did you think? Wow, um, I was really shocked at, like, uh, in, like, in a pleasant way of how they're presenting this um, kind of, like, self-expression, gender, identity journey. I was like, wow, this is beautiful, but it doesn't feel like, like, obviously there are some characters that are, like, are coping with it in like a shamey kind of a way but like it's kind of like i feel like the undertone is very beautiful what do you think about this because like i thought it had a really like nice time because you know how like some stories of like trans identity can be like it's nice that they show them but it can be really dark and very like like the trans characters are like the outcast but i feel like this one is more of like like a welcoming light to like 
what the journey is for a trans character. Even though like there's some conflict within the group, I really love that they have like a support system. I think that's really cute. Well, and I like that none of the conflict is based on like, ah, oh, we don't like that you're trans. Yeah, it's literally like middle school, like love triangle stuff. And like, what what's his name? Who's the who's the the guy who's in the center? But I mean, like, you know, the guy who's supposed to be like the one that both of the characters in that love triangle want. I can't. What's his name? Taka something. Takatsuki? Takatsuki. See, I'm terrible with names. Takatsuki. Sayori likes Nitori and Nitori likes Takatsuki. And Takatsuki is feels like they are too young to understand what love is and i respect that Tukotsky, though like i one thing i really liked it was that like the scene between him and notori like where whoa, 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 we'll, wait, we'll, wait, we'll get wait. into it we're getting so far to... into this and we haven't even gotten through the housekeeping yet so let's take a break i like where this is going but let's at least give the listeners some context on this manga and anime. So Wandering Sun is based on the manga by Takako Shimura, which was published in Comic Beam and ran from December 2002 to August 2013 for a total of 15 volumes. Takako originally was going to write the story surrounding a high school student transitioning from female to male, but decided to shift the focus to a younger student trying to transition from male to female before puberty hit, feeling that would be a better fit for the story they wanted to tell. The anime was directed by A. Aoki and was produced by AIC Classic for Fuji TV. It ran from January to March in 2011 with 11 aired episodes, so episodes 10 and 11 were later split. The series is actually so hard to find in streaming services because Ai Takabe, the voice voice actress for Mako was arrested for a drug possession and the series was pulled from all streaming services which feels like oh. shady because like Mako is like a really minor character and I like low-key feel like Bandai Channel who owns the streaming rights just like was like oh no out an excuse but that's just my that's my like conspiracy theory (laughs) because that's like a really weird reason to pull an anime from streaming services because like a tertiary character got arrested right but whatever i don't even think they're like a fan favorite either no but whatever you know they just wanted to get straight to the point straight (laughs) indeed uh, with all of that, let's quickly break down episodes one and two. In episode one, we meet Shuichi Nitori, who is assigned male at birth but wants their gender reaffirmed to female, while Yoshino Takatsuki is the opposite, assigned female at birth and wants reaffirmation to male. In elementary school, Nitori confessed her feelings for Takatsuki but was rejected. At school, Takatsuki is impressed by Chizuru, a female student who comes to school in a boy's uniform. Elsewhere, Sayori is upset at the idea of Nitori and Takatsuki dating. Nitori heads home and tries on their sister Maho's dress, and Maho catches them, saying what they're doing is disgusting. Nitori leaves and runs into Takatsuki, who comforts them, and the two make up from the awkwardness of, you know, the love confession. The next day, Saori almost gets in a fight with Momoko and upsets some second-year girls by not greeting them. Takatsuki and Saori are in separate sports clubs, though they are playing on the same field and their mutual friend Sasa can feel the awkwardness. Nitori tries to patch things up with Saori for Sasa's sake, and we learned that Saori dislikes Takatsuki because they like Nitori, who only had eyes for Takatsuki. Nitori and Makoto convince Takatsuki and Saori to make up for Sasa's sake, and then the four, along with Sasa, Chizuru, and Momoko, go get ice cream. And that's episode one and two of Wandering Sun. It's a lot of names. That was a lot of names. <laughs> good, good luck keeping up, everyone. If you can get past the names part, it's a very charming little series. I have like, uh, I have like a little guide, uh, like on my screen right now, which is like. Nitori is main character M to F. Takatsuki is secondary character F to M. Saori loves Nitori, definitely buy her pan. 
Chizuru, maybe a lesbian, probably gender fluid, and Makoto gay. I love that Makoto is gay. I love that it's such a like, not in like a bad way, but just like a little throwaway thing where like Makoto's like, yeah, I like boys. He's in love with their teacher. Yeah. Not a bad choice. The one that was late. Irresponsible, but also too right. old for a fifth grader. Well, uh, late and like irresponsible. I mean, similar vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Something I can relate to. I, by the way, can we talk about the subtitles on this? Oh, this is such a random like thing to mention, but like the link you guys sent me to watch this. Oh, because again, to be clear, you cannot watch this any anywhere legally right now. Yes. <laughs> Even though like Crunchyroll says that you could watch on Crunchyroll, it's a lie. Yeah. Yeah, again, Bandai Channel, stop being transphobic. <laughs> and also maybe release another Power Rangers game, but that's a separate thing. I don't know if it's the same Bandai, but it might be. If it is, I hope not. I don't think the Power Rangers would take part in transphobia. I believe they're on the side of good for that. I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the the subtitles, the way like the words were like done, even those were beautiful, like in the intro and everything. Like, I don't know if anyone else was taken by that, but I sure was. <laughs> No, I, I, I mean, something. I wasn't super paying attention, like, in a way where I was like, oh, my God. But I was like, I do agree with your point. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Okay, so I would like to just, I need to jump into my favorite part of both episodes because I just need time to talk about this. Break this down. I've got feelings about it. When Takatsuki is, like, comforting Nidori on the bridge after Nidori's run ran out from um, being discovered by his sister for like trying on clothes that scene i have okay so first of all like i I do think this is a more accurate like thing between like what you would if you were really good friends with somebody like back then even in middle school or whatever and this had happened like i feel like the reaction that takatsuki has and like the comforting is more like real but even though like that doesn't happen 100 100 of the time like it's so beautiful and like it like i i was like oh he's comforting his friend that's so sweet i like yeah. it was so nice because that's so scary like i mean you know you've been found out by your sister's friend and and sister and like and your sister like, literally says you're disgusting god and it's so complicated because like i don't actually think the sister is like transphobic I don't I think either. she's mad jealous? at the situation. Oh, I think she's jealous. Well, no, exactly. I mean, similar vibes, right? I think she's yeah. mad at the fact that, like, she feels like Nitori might be, like, pr- a prettier girl than her. Yeah. Which is, like, a weird anger and jealousy thing. So, like, I at least, I, I, I guess I want to clarify that up top that, like, as, like, at the bare minimum, like, she's not, like, 100% transphobic, just, like, a little transphobic. Yeah. <laughs> I did anyone else like feel like uh she kind of has abandonment vibes because she quit being a model while the sister is still like a model. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I don't I don't necessarily know that's the case because I think that if plays into the jealousy, it's probably honestly a good thing for her that Nitori doesn't want to model anymore because Nitori yeah, was probably getting like jobs and stuff and whatever. There is like that point in like a sibling really relationship where you like start to deviate personalities and being different people and like I think that's just where they are right now I was gonna say I think it's I kind of reminds me of like like growing up like my sister my relationship with my sister because like I think when you're like the younger sibling like I don't think Nithori is just obviously trying on as for like a gender thing I think she could have like I also think there's an element of like sibling idolization there you know there definitely is 100 percent 
yeah, and like the and the older sibling, obviously, she doesn't see it as like this, like this pedestal thing. She says, like, you're this annoying sibling who is now taking all of the attention I should be getting, and now it's going on to you. Not to displace too much of my own family's real drama, but... <laughs> no, but it happens. I will say, like, you... It, I think the older sibling idolization is very common, and I think part of it, especially around the, like, hey, we're becoming, like, teenagers, or I'm already past a teenager and you're a teenager part, that gets really, like, you know, fighty, is... I like you as a younger sibling are like, well, I like you so much. And I think you're so cool that I want to be like you. And then that, then your older sibling is like, but I don't want you to be like me. I'm my own person. Stop stealing my thing. But then you start being resentful because you're like, but I'm just trying to be like, quote unquote, cool like you or whatever. And then it becomes like this whole fight where like you start rebelling against each other's existence. Yeah, exactly. Which is so bizarre. Can't relate. Yeah. Skylar's got a million siblings, but she doesn't have any in the right age range to her that, fit the narrative but i do have a sibling that is trans so i do fit the narrative in that sense there you go everyone skylar is i just needed uh, to be a part of the conversation (laughs) (laughs) well okay i mean again because you guys are younger siblings whereas like i'm the oldest sibling and my responsibility yeah well and you were you were also like just older enough that you didn't have that like and i mean there's some that are within the age range where it would have worked out but you guys grew up in such different households and environments and away from each other for years that you never had that experience like that's i yeah it's fair like when we were children summer and i used to fight all the time granted it wasn't our fault but oh you know what summer did Hmm. okay i can relate skylar's like let me call this bitch up right now i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Scott's <laughs> recalling something from childhood. By the way, can I tell you something? When I th- when this show panned on, it was like I was thinking because you know we've watched a million animes now. It feels like for me at least, uh, <laughs> we've watched a lot. Like, it keeps going and dragging, dragging. <laughs> it, it, I mean, and I was like, here we go. It's another high school, and of course, it's cherry blossom season. And like this is like that's another the start of the new year, Casey. I know, but it just feels so like. <laughs> played out started also, a different time of the year anime yeah i mean i don't know like i said it's all running together anyways but i was thinking i was like well it's pride month this is going to be something something for the lgbtqia you know p alphabet mafia all that jazz like i was like is this going to be a gay high school and then i was like wait is this skylar's queer high school she got to go to again <laughs> You know, maybe Skylar was there. Maybe this is Skylar's anime (laughs) with her trans sister in queer high school. So lucky. (laughs) Casey, Casey just has a lesbian sister. It's not enough. It's never enough. It's trans brother, Casey. Trans brother. Okay. Well, wow. Way to brag. Well, no, she has a a trans like cousin who is a female which is maybe why you got confused yeah i did see and you see you've got i mean skylar's got all the cool trans family members she collected all the <laughs> all of them she's hey oh my when God. you just have a lot in the family your family let you have two trans family members i didn't even get one <laughs> yeah exactly she's got ba- she's got alphabet soup over there oh, and God. we're all queer terrible, and we're terrible. all witches 
Oh god. my god, that's wow. even cooler. Way to rub it in, Skylar. <laughs> See, I feel like Skylar's younger brother who's jealous, and now I will go and uh, I just am obsessed with her too. My I relate only, to this anime. My only queer witch siblings also <laughs> like QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister I got, is mine, I didn't get the the world was like you get some cool but not enough. Yeah, I mean they're QAnon, but they're also like they do a lot of like shaman practices. Well, so again, that's, that's cool. why I said they're super like queer witchy and QAnon. The Q and QAnon stands for queer for them. <laughs> queer anon. <laughs> To be clear, we're, like, not saying that, like, trans people are, like, this commodity to, like, collect, obviously. I'm just putting that out there because I don't want it to seem like we're, like, commodifying these people's experience. They're not a novelty. We're not saying it's, like, a novelty or anything. Just super putting that out there because I don't want it to come off like that. Right. Absolutely. I would want to collect all trans people. Specifically, I would not like to collect Caitlyn Jenner. Specifically. (laughs) Specifically. That's very fair. Caitlyn Jenner's a whole horrible person that well, got Kaylin away with Jenner, murder well yes Kaylin Jenner I think is like this is a conversation to have in general on this episode but like right people people get freaky about trans people like in terms of like society and yeah I mean the thing to really keep in mind at the end of the day is the trans people are just people like it is someone that was like you know again I, I don't know all the exact terminology and that's totally on me I've heard I've talked to obviously trans people before and I'm going based off of those conversations but like if that nomenclature has changed or whatever my apologies but like I know like typically it's like born this gender reaffirmed it to this gender right because you're not changing mm-hmm. genders you're reaffirming your gender but you know like at the end of the day like trans people are just people that had that had to reaffirm their gender but like society treats them like they're this like whole other subset of like different people which like they are but like they're i don't know they're seen as like so other when at the end of the day like this is just a woman on the street to me like i would never know anything different and i think caitlin jenner is a perfect example of that because you're like oh yeah trans people can be shitty assholes too you heard it here folks (laughs) no one's exception for being an asshole and that's inclusivity folks and she also denied the she's one of those election deniers so and she doesn't believe in gay marriage (laughs) (laughs) so casey um i love that i love that you brought up the scene where she runs away and then you know the friendship and everything she's crying i just need to say that tiktok has ruined the song uh claire de lune because that was the song that was playing which is a beautiful song that's playing as Mm. she's running and crying and it's emotional tiktok has ruined that sound so anytime i hear that song i just start laughing oh that's so sad you missed out on a good time it's a good that scene was great oh I understand the weight of everything. It was beautiful. I loved it. I'm just saying when I realized it was Claire de Lune, this is before they make up. Uh, so it's like while they're still running, I was like, oh, no, it's this song. I can never listen to this song again. No, with Makoto, like, I remember, like, when Makoto is calling um, Notori, when Notori is, like, going out in public, it, uh, wearing, like, wearing um, female presenting clothes. Yeah, for, like, the first time. And, well, like, the, the school I, like, uniform. I thought in that scene, like, that really showed the depths of their relationship. And, like, because, I mean, even from, like, 
it doesn't like no matter what like the friends gender or, or like sexual orientation there is like toxicity like still within those communities towards trans like trans people and like i don't know i thought like like the friend like makoto like being on the phone and being like just like making it very like normal and like hey like you're believe like you 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 look like a woman you're a woman and like over the phone like i don't know it was um it was really being nice. so supportive yeah it was really great honestly before i realized makoto was queer and like knew about nudity um i was afraid that there we were gonna have that reveal moment where like there was like you know just like oh what you just look like a girl i can't be friends with you for a little bit until they make up so i was so glad that basically their friend group is just so out and open with each other it's wonderful i love it there's no one in the friend group that reads straight to me <laughs> right that's me with this group of people. That's me in the, our friendship. I'm like, there's no one in these three people. <laughs> it seems anything straight to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keeping it queer on this podcast. I li- but what I, re- I really, really like, like, Saori's whole thing, or Saori's whole thing. Because, like, Saori, I love that Saori, like, clearly was into Nitori, like, when Nitori was, like, male-presenting. But, like is not deterred (laughs) yeah i god i love the flashback of them like wearing their clothes that they feel you know gender affirmation in and they're just taking pictures with each other and it's just like the most comfortable casual thing it's beautiful i love it yeah, I oh. love how, you know, I love that. That's why I was like, Sayori's definitely buy her pan. But I also love, like, Chizuru is, like, such an interesting character. Because, like, Chizuru, Chizuru or Chizuru isn't, like, really there Chi-chan. a ton. Uh, Chi-chan. And her fucking uh, Marcy-ass. Fangirl. Fan- <laughs> best yeah. friend, Momoko, is just standing around being like, hello, well, she's going to do it. Very hello, sir. And she has very, like, lesbian energy, but she also, I mean, I don't think she's necessarily gender fluid, but I think she is super okay with her, like, gender identity. And I think that's, like, she's, like, low-key an inspiration to both yeah. of them because she's like, yeah, today I'm going to dress like a girl, tomorrow I'm going to dress like a guy. It doesn't matter. And, Honestly, I, like, I love how much I of, like, a record. I the most. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. Nec- I don't. I won't necessarily go as far to say that she's gender fluid, just because like I haven't seen enough of it to be like, well, yeah, clearly she's gender fluid. She might just be someone that is like very comfortable with it. But if she is gender fluid, even you know, cooler. But I love that her acceptance of herself is such an awakening moment for Takatsuki because yes. that is kind of how it's like to be queer. Is like right. everyone, you know, you're you're born the way you are, right? As Queen Gaga said. You know, I was gonna say, baby, I was born this way, but you always kind of have like questioning about your identity and yourself until you see someone that makes you realize that it's either okay to be you or that you'd rather be you than the fake version of themselves or being whatever it is. But everyone has that moment where they're like, oh, if they can be this, maybe I can be this. We're always looking for allowances. I I mean, I know before you guys met me, once you guys met me, you guys realized you guys were queer too. So I, you know, you're welcome. I guess what I want to say. Shut up, Casey. (laughs) I will say, I'm not saying, and Skylar can like go deeper if she wants. I'm not saying I'm the reason Skylar realized she was pan, but like, I'm kind of the reason Skylar realized she was pan. No, Skylar was telling me that she said, you're the reason she likes pawn. That's what she meant to say. Ah, (laughs) Fadulce. 
Pandulce. <laughs> no. There's so much art of like pan-colored pandulce. I yeah. love that so much. I'm so jealous. I'm not the biggest fan of pandulce, so. But that is controversial. Such a, well, can I say that's such a broad statement because pandulce literally just means sweetbread, so it's all Hispanic baked goods is pandulce. Do you mean you're not a big fan of conchas? No, I like those. I don't wait. What is that rosa candy? Mar- that's marzipan. Mm. I think you, you sure? just didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, get this pan to like some more pun. Am I right, everyone? Comment below. Hey. So, <laughs> a fun story, not trauma uh, story. Uh, trauma for PJ say. story. <laughs> trauma for PJ uh, story. Basically, not actually, but yeah. Um, I mean, because last week we talked about how my parents didn't believe in bisexuality, and it was really difficult for me because I was like, "Well, this sucks," because I like both men and girls, like, and uh, when we were living together, PJ came out to me as Pan, and I was like, oh, what's that? And, like, he explained it so eloquently and beautiful and blah, 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 and apparently two weeks go by. I forget I have that conversation with PJ. I forget he's the one that talked to me about it, and then I go to <laughs> Let me PJ. paint this picture. Let me paint this picture from my perspective. I... I <laughs> Because this is what happens, right? So I, I like didn't come out. I, I like I came out in so much as I was like, oh, by the way, I'm pan. Like I've I, ever since I found out, I've been very matter of fact about it. And so like I told Skylar about it, I explained what it was. Like two to three weeks go by, right? And I'm sitting in uh, our room just watching TV, and Skylar comes up and she's like, hey, we need to talk. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what's up? And she's like clearly so emotional. And she's like, I just, there's something really important I need to talk to you about. And I, and we're very fresh in our relationship. Like we're like a handful of months in maybe. And she's like, and if after I say this thing, you don't want to be with me anymore, I get it. And that's fair. But I need to talk, I need to tell you something. (laughs) And I was like, what is this girl about to tell me? And she like takes a deep breath and she's like legit tears in her eyes. And she's like, I think I'm pansexual. And I was like, Oh, that's that's great, babe. And she's like, you're okay with that? Yeah, why wouldn't I be? I'm pansexual. And she was like, you are? And I was like, I literally told you. I I explained, I defined pansexual to you three weeks ago. What's wrong with you? And she's like crying already at this point because she had worked herself up into like an emotional frenzy. And she's just like. It was an emotional frenzy. It's, it's very understandably emotional. But I love that it had so much more to do with your bad memory. Forgetting that I had A, already come out to you. B, define this <laughs> sexuality to you. And C, that's why you even realized it existed. <laughs> right happy pride everyone and so like i don't dismiss <laughs> that coming out was a very emotional moment but i think if you had a good memory it would have been an insanely less emotional moment <laughs> you wouldn't have convinced yeah. yourself in your head that i was gonna i guess break up with you because you like other people because you're pan yeah it would have it would have been emotional a different way it would have been like babe and like i would have tears in my eyes still and just like thanks to you i know what i am now because, like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't have a label. I was too afraid to put a label on anything. And then I really treasure the fact that I am pan because it did take so long to figure it out. And you're the reason why I know what it is. So thank you. Yeah. And the reason is, is you. you. 
but yeah, I mean, that's actually, again, I mean, and that's what I think Chizuru's, like, big kind of contribution is to the beginning of the story. Obviously, she grows with the story, too. But Chizuru's, like, contribution is being the person that's so okay with themselves that allows other people to realize what they are, you know? Right. It's true. And you know what? For all the drama that's on, like, like YouTube and stuff like that, like, seeing, like, queer people online, like... Even in sometimes we ha- we have good queer people on YouTube, so not so great ones. Even seeing like any of them online makes it so much easier with that visibility. You know what I mean? I just think like right. that's such a random way to go with this. I know, but like I was just thinking about it, like about how like the visibility helps people open up and come out, and like even th- the crazy ones are good. <laughs> well, and I think that's what this anime has such an importance to is like telling like such a trans story which is so like rare in general let alone in like japan in like a very you know non you know super open society for takako shimura to be willing to tell a trans story and her big anime before this was a lesbian story i forget what it's called it's like little blue flowers or something like that i forget what it's called but people love it i started uh watching it but, you know, like, that's, like, this, like, very popular lesbian story. And for her to then transition to telling, no pun intended, transition pun intended. to telling <laughs> this transsexual story is, is like, I mean, honestly, kind of, like, a very brave act in general. Because there's right. so many, like, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. But, like, the decency laws in Japan that really kind of mostly censor non-cis straight sexuality. And I don't know. I think it's so important that the story exists for, I mean, everyone. I think it's a very beautiful story, but it's especially important for young trans people and trans people in general in Japan and anywhere that they watch anime. This is uh, manga spoilers, but I think it's a very important conversation to have. Um, If you don't want to hear manga spoilers specifically, just fast forward a bit. So basically, uh, before I'd started watching Wandering Sun, like before I had any context, I was going through Reddit. The Reddit post was very like, can we please stop suggesting Wandering Sun to trans people? Like it's very toxic is blah, blah, blah. It's great for the male to female story. Um, but for the female to male, it just it ruins the whole experience. Because what happens is they eventually decide that, like, they are comfortable being in a female body and they do like dresses and it's just something they kind of grow out of. You know, it's kind of a like, oh, it's even though she's a girl, it's still like a patriarchal win. You know what I mean? And like women are still abused and not allowed to express themselves. And that's why. She was made to stay a girl. I miss, uh, so what you're saying is that Tchaikovsky kind of is like, actually, maybe I'm not trans, is what we're going for. Yeah. You know, that can be frustrating for people to see in a story. But I, I also think that that is someone's story, you know? Like, that's the thing that's hard. I mean, sexuality is such a spectrum. Gender is such a spectrum. Sex is a spectrum, you know? Uh, all of these Autism things are is on a spectrum. spectrum. Yes, Jesus, that's key. Casey. <laughs> And so, like, there are people that are going going to go through that experience where they're like, maybe I am in the wrong body. Maybe I am a different gender. But then they're, you know, as time goes on, they're like, actually, no, I, you know, either I'm gender fluid or just something was going on, whatever it is. And that is someone's story. And, like, I guess it, I, I, I'm not dismissing that for, you know, that this, I mean, at the end of the day, 
Nitori's story is still like the focal point of the anime, which is, you know, the right. male to female transition. And I but I can totally respect that anyone, whether they're female to male or just a viewer of the story could be frustrated, I guess, that um uh Takatsuki doesn't, I guess, complete that transition and realizes that maybe it's not the right move for them. But I also think that that's like a more realistic portrayal of how it happens sometimes. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, and this isn't to say that like, wow, kids are dumb. They don't know what sexuality is because that's not the case. Like the second you realize where your identity is, you you realize it, right? But right. Right. people, when you're going through that puberty age, it is such an intense rush of hormones and emotions. And like, you can start questioning a lot of that stuff and being like, am I in the right body? You know, am I the right gender? What, what, what am I? What am I going through? Right. And I, and I don't, I mean, honestly, the way it more so sounds isn't necessarily the uh, Takatsuki's like, hey, I'm no longer female to male. It seems more like Takatsuki's more like, I'm more gender fluid than anything. Right. And yeah. while I, I can totally respect the kind of annoyance and kind of maybe like betrayal that someone could feel with that story, I also think for someone else, that story then is like, oh, something that represents my my version of what happened you know it was just like for those people it's like yes you're disappointed but you're locking that person into you know something that they were just unsure about and that's kind of telling other people you know like fuck you well exactly you're dismissing someone else's experience now because you feel your experience was dismissed which is like a catch-22 experience you're not neither person is necessarily wrong but it's a hard conversation we'll be we'll make that clear yeah but i mean i've even like i don't know this is gonna be weird because like i don't think i've ever talked to really either of you about this but like i definitely Mm. had a period in my life where i was like am i am i am i trans like am i what like do i identify with like female representation more and like had like a long conversation with myself when i was like 13 ish mm-hmm. and i you know wow. after about like four or five months kind of had like you know the realization like of like very secretly thinking to myself i was in a very uh, not accepting society like you know household right, for that. household and i had thought about it a lot and then one day i was just kind of like no I think I'm very okay with represent like presenting more femininity in myself. And I, I love that. Like, you know, I wear nail polish, I wear earrings, I love embracing my femininity, but I know that I am cisgender at the end of the day. But I had a phase where I was right. like, does my love of my femininity make me something different? But at the end of the day, like the label you ascribe to is the label that is accurate to you. And, you know, I think that's a that's a reality for people. You know, I even had like a kind of reawakening of that conversation like five ish years ago where I was kind of like, am I cisgendered though? And again, you could argue that because I've had the question with myself many times, I maybe am not. But I think every time I come to the realization, like, yes, I am. I just think societally, I'm always kind of reminded, like, maybe it's not normal that you like girls stuff PJ. But at the end of the day, like, I know I'm cisgendered, but that is a reality for people. And it's a rea- it's been a reality for me before. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's actually really cool to hear. It's really cool that you can be so open to that. I think, like, I know, like, I've had, like, privilege in this not having, like, I haven't had to think about it. I think I was always, like... Oh, this is just, I don't know if it was ever like in my mind and I know this is going to probably come out wrong, but it's gonna be like, oh, I don't think I can take on that thought (laughs) for myself or like, I just don't think like that's something that I've conflict, I have conflict with, but it only makes me more 
not empathic because I haven't felt that same way, but like sympathetic um, with um, anybody who has to go through that because that's something I I haven't had to take on and that's very admirable. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't, I literally can't imagine the moment you as a person kind of have the, the wake up realization that I'm in the wrong body, right? Like that must be such a emotional moment, such an intense thought process. And even if it happens super young, where you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just in the wrong body. Like at a certain point, that dysmorphia that whatever it is, is going to hit you. And like, to any of our trans listeners, any of my trans friends, everything. Trans family. Well, Skylar's yeah. trans family, my uh, trans family in law, my TFIL. <laughs> <laughs> TGIF, uh, TFIL. <laughs> um, you know, it's got to be such an intense moment. And I agree with you, Casey. Like, I can't literally be empathetic to it because mm-hmm. I can't imagine it, but I can be sympathetic to that being like a very intense experience. And another thing I was going to say is I think, like, going forward, I was thinking about this earlier when you guys were talking about like the uh, kind of like the experience and like kind of the criticism of this anime about kind of like the portrayal of one transition versus an opposite transition. I do think like that's probably going to be one of our upcoming, like obviously not currently um, because I think the trans community has enough on its plate right now. Uh, But like, I think down the line when they have to face some sort of intersectionality when it comes to gender um, and in regards to the uh, trans community, I'm sure it's going to be something down the line where they have to face like that kind of like, is the, like is both the transition from female to male versus male to female being accurately represented in culture and can we identify that not all trans people are the same you know what i mean like yeah. right. i think that's going to be like a future thing we're going to face as l- more light gets shed on like the struggle for just basic equality with the trans community 100% so something that i feel like really fits in this is my my trans brother he uh, like every so once in a while likes to dress very femme presenting and like every time that happens like my parents kind of like they're not upset that they're trans but my parents go like oh like you know they kind of like are like are we reverting back like to like the old normal and not the new normal you know kind of thing and I feel like sometimes there's a little bit disappointment I mean but it fades away you know what I mean Um, yeah but yeah it is very like they're kind of waiting for it to be a phase. Yeah. Well, okay. So the reason why, though, I think is my fault um, that they do think it is a phase is because in high school, I dressed like a boy, like short hair, very beetle style haircut, loved it, like wanted to never wore dresses, always wore like the most baggiest clothes, etc. And it was because, again, kind of going back to my parents saying bisexuality doesn't exist. In my head, I was like, if I'm dressed like a boy, it's okay that I like women and that women like me. It's fine. But then, like, you know, I grew out of it because I I don't feel like I'm a man. I am a woman. I love dressing like a woman. Um, but I also really like more masculine styles, too. Like, it's very versatile i i love all styles skylar is verse everyone (laughs) whereas um my brother you know you can be a trans per like you could be a trans man that likes to dress in a more femme way and i feel like people try to say like oh that invalidates everything you know because you know, like it takes so long to, you know, grow up facial hair and become more uh, mass presenting. 
Well, and it's ironic because it, I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about this last week too. People, once they find a camp, become very closed off, right? And it's a lot of confusion of gender with sex, right? And so they're mm-hmm. like, well, if you're, I am a cisgendered man who loves wearing femme presenting stuff sometimes Mm -hmm. but that doesn't change me being cisgendered man just as much as your brother being a transgendered man wearing femme presenting stuff sometimes doesn't make them less of a you know a man and these people that are like well it's you know it's upsetting that you transition but you still sometimes you know dress like a girl or whatever are being they're part of the problem they're part of the problem they're the same people they're spouting the same rhetoric that the people would to them about being trans in the first place. Right. What I like about the anime, it's not bullies that are like the antagonist, right? I love that the looming thing for the for these characters are puberty is the looming thing for these characters is puberty because they're both so nervous about their voices changing. And I love that that's just a focus because it really is an important thing. But yeah, and I I love that it's just such a because that's something we all went through. We go through puberty and, you know, I never had that fear. And for someone to point out that that is a very real fear for people, it's just so like, oh, wow, that's insane. And again, that's why I think uh, that's why uh, Takako changed the story to be about younger trans kids, because it is a much more intense period if you've already had that realization to be like, oh no, like hormones are about to change. So yeah, no, it, it is something I love. I agree completely with your point. But, and I mean, I think that's a great place, you know, kind of full circling it back to the housekeeping to end this portion of the conversation on Wandering Sun to talk about the music of Wandering Sun. Yay! So let's talk about the opening song for Wandering Sun. That song is Itsudate by Daisuke. Casey, tell me what you thought about that opening. It wasn't terrible, but I thought it was kind of a regular pop filler song from like mm, mid-2010s. Completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, those are the vibes that I did choose. Early Same. 2010s. Completely. We'll we'll get to our selections, but I feel like we're all going to be... I can't wait. <laughs> I don't think we're going to pick similar artists, but we're all going to pick pop filler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I concur. Like, it was fun, but it's it's not that memorable, but it's still... It's nice. It sounds like generic. Yeah. Let's then talk about what I think personally is a little less generic is a closing song, which is Aww. For You by Rie Fu. I loved it. It was so yes. cute. It's so yeah, sweet. I really like the outro. I think it's so good. It was catchy. It's and very fun. like yeah. 90s, early 2000s, or as the kids are saying, Y2K. Um, <laughs> lit. That was lit. <laughs> um, 90s, Y2K kind of like pop ballad style. Yes, I, I, that's can what I, I say said too. something that I really like, ironically, is how good the singer's English is? oh yeah good point because like i mean there's so many like i obviously listen to a lot of anime music and they they do go into english a lot but i'm always like oh yeah well not even in a bad way like english clearly isn't like your first language but like if you told me that this person like first language was like english i wouldn't be surprised right yeah i really liked it though i think it was very pretty very poppy very catchy and I, i just it was a good song 
I love it. Yeah, it was so good. All right. Well, then let's jump into my uh, third favorite podcast segment. What modern contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Casey, why don't you kick us off with who do you think would have done a good job with Itsudate? For Itsudate, I thought the first one would be, I wrote down Sean Mendez because that's very generic pop to me. He oh, sounds, okay. It's not that I don't hate him or anything like that. It's It's just like, it's not that I hate him. That's what I mean to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that I don't it's hate him because I, I totally do. Because <laughs> I hate Sean Mendes. We all but hate no, Sean Mendes. Mendes. All my homies hate Sean. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, Skylar, what about you? I chose Train. Train. Wow. Train is also generic pop. Again, very, very different but artists. But it had those vibes. Very generic yeah. artists, but very uh, generic. It has it has that very casual vibe that Train has. Can I say? I feel like I picked the perfect mixture of Train and Sean Mendes, which is oh, Matchbox 20. <laughs> oh, oh my no. God. Yeah, that's okay. perfect. Matchbox 20 is good, guys. I'm going to like yeah, stop you right that's there. The Matchbox 20 is fine, but they're generic. Uh, <laughs> they're very like, generic. They're fine. <laughs> I like Matchbox 20. Well, I more so like Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. <laughs> the longer we go on, the less I believe you, PJ. I feel like you're Fine. Look, Matchbox fine. 20 is fine. Do I like Smooth by Rob Thomas featuring Carlos Santana better than any Matchbox 20 song? Yes, I do. Yes. Bold. <laughs> That's a bold choice. I disagree, but I understand. So PJ won well, this round. Well, give me your heart, make it real, or just forget about it. <laughs> get out of here, man. Get out of here. So Take Sean Mendes with you. You get to reveal your closing artist first. Uh, I don't remember making this rule. I'm the host. Skylar, you go first. Meow, meow, meow. I don't want to go first. Okay, fine. I win. I'll go first. So, (laughs) 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 another win for Casey. Okay, so uh, this is kind of niche. But I don't know if you guys know this, like, country music artist. Uh, Her name's Sarah Evans. She had a couple, like... say Casey Musgraves. Yeah, I thought you were going to be facetious and, like, pick a really popular artist. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm facetious. But no, like... (laughs) Right, no. Sarah Evans, she's got some really good country music if you guys know country music like from the early 2000s like she's a little bit pop crossover but mostly country but it's very the vibe like that mid to early mid 2000s like ballad mid-tempo yeah female ballad singer for sure yeah i went similar range in terms of that description because i went with michelle branch oh i love michelle branch i like it now casey if you don't like my selection you have to pretend you do but I chose Mandy Moore. I think, oh. that's, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. I am here waving flags on the island of Mandy Moore. And I say, <laughs> I that is want a fabulous choice. More. Give me more. <laughs> Give me Mandy Moore. <laughs> you know what, Skylar? That choice, I've been missing you like candy because that choice was just so sweet. <laughs> Oh God! I've been seeing. I've been listening to her other like super popular song on repeat that escapes me right now. Oh, I wanna be with you. Oh, for, oh yeah, that's a good one. Let's go see Mandy Moore on tour. I bet she was, she's a fan of the show. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but solid guesses from everyone's. I mean, solid choices from everyone. Uh, and with that, I think we're going to take another break. We're going to watch some additional clips, give Casey some additional context, and we'll be right back with our closing thoughts on Wandering Sun. So don't you go wandering away. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. PJ here, thanking you as always for listening to our podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this anime. It might deal with some more heavy topics, but it does it in a very cute and sweet way where it never feels that bad. So we hope that it was a little easier to swallow than last week's episode. And I'm glad doing research for this month's episode led me to watching it. I did want to take some time to apologize for our lack of social media presence lately. We've all gotten so busy over the last few weeks and have had little to no time for even recording the podcast, let alone promoting it. But I'll try to get back on that horse, so you should reward that effort by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod. On Facebook, you can join the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, KawaiiDesuPod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. And if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Tune in next week as we have Casey throw on his rose ring and duel for the honor of the Rose Bride as we have him watch Revolutionary Girl Utana. You won't want to miss it. Now, back to the podcast. All right, we're back. We had Casey watch some additional clips, get some additional context, see some wishes, see some truly heartbreaking but beautiful moments. Casey, after all of that, what did you think? I feel like it lived up to what I thought it would be, which is it's, it's a trans story. And like, I mean, growing up, I've seen too many trans stories where it's like, to- like I mean, up until probably what, 2010, 11, 12, whatever, where like all the trans stories. They're like almost horror stories. Yeah. Know? If you guys have ever seen Disclosure on Netflix, watch that. It's a great trans documentary, but told uh, by trans people. And like how they talk about that, how like all the trans stories, like, I mean, what was the biggest reference to a trans character? Uh, the, uh, what you call it from Kill, uh, Silence of the Lambs? Like, <laughs> you know, like they have terrible trans representation. And like, so seeing like this trans story makes me really happy that this exists for people who are, you know, um, still just like going through that journey of identity discovery and expression and trying to figure out where they belong in this world and what gender uh, is feels right for who they are inside, you know? Right. Yeah, I it's agree. super beautiful. I love, I agree completely, right? Like, I love that it is like this very wholesome slice of life story without it being like, oh, yeah. In it's, your face. And, you know, it's very similar to, I mean, most minority stories. You know, it's like a big topic of conversation where it's like, why does every movie about black people have to be about how hard it is to be a black person? Why does every movie about Hispanic people have to be about how hard it is to be a Hispanic person? Why does every movie about being trans have to be about how hard it is to be trans? That is the reality of the community, 100%. But that doesn't mean that that's the only reality to our lives. And And who says that? Privileged people. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's nice to see a story that's like, yeah, this is just like a thing that, you know, like a story that happens to be about these people living their lives as trans people. Right. And not like it's like, you know, this terrifying abuse story that like half of them are. Right. Where like the parents are like in their face saying horrible things. Yeah. And both stories have a place to exist, right? Like, I'm not saying, like, never tell one of those stories again, because that's also a reality. Right. But you can't create this narrative that the only reality is trauma. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You have to have both. Absolutely. And I love seeing it from, like, uh, maybe a younger perspective, like, growing up as a trans character. That is really interesting to see, because you can see... So, like, struggles for trans people start at a young age. You know, it's not like a thing that happens overnight. It's been a long journey, you know? Right. Exactly. Do you know what was my favorite part? When she got the clover hairpin. 
Oh yeah, that was yeah, cute. that was very beautiful. And then she gave yeah. a matching one to Makoto. Yeah, oh, so sweet. cute. Speaking of all of that, uh, Casey, did you end up with a favorite character by the end of this? I know I feel like cheesy, but going for this, but also like I think the story is most interesting to me is N- Natori. Obviously, um, it's a main character, um, which normally I'm like, ugh, I'm choosing the main character, but like. Notorious, like, the story I'm most interested in, like, saying more, because, like, that is, like, I mean, not to beat a dead horse about something I say all the time on this podcast, but I love characters, especially um, maybe characters, like, who's on a journey to embrace femininity, and, like, that is something I find really beautiful. Yeah. Skylar, what about you? Um, okay, so it was a tie, but I'm going to go with Makoto. I just love how subtle, like, his presence is. But, like, it's just, like, such a nice ad. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I just, I love that. It just, it rounds out the group perfectly. My second choice was Chi. Mm, She's great. She was my Uh, second choice, too. She is my number two. She's more like my number three, because I I think my number two is uh Nitori, but I think my favorite and it's just because like I mean if you've listened to more than like a handful of episodes of this podcast, you know this is like my favorite character trope. My favorite is Sasa, which is such an interesting name, can I say? I love it. A lot. And I love that, you know, she's like a catalyst for people to reconnect in this yeah. story. I love when yeah. she yells at them because they're not getting along. She's like, well I'm not gonna be friends with both of you and then they all Well go she get yells ice at them cream. for being bad friends to her, which I respect her embracing that part yeah, of Yeah, that's a good boundary to set, especially for a child. Exactly. So with all of that said, we have your thoughts, we have your favorite characters. It's time for the big questions to be asked. You know, we've we've had a lot of fun here today. We've had some good times, some bad times. But I think it's time we get down to the brass tacks here, Casey. And oh. that brass tacks is, will you keep watching Wandering Sun? Oh, no, I don't have any brass to pay you. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I would love to keep watching Wandering Sun. And I can't believe it because I hate Slice of Life normally. But, like, this was really, really good. I think it was just so refreshing, like, and so original to see, like, a trans story presented in this light. And I know maybe, like, there was some criticism of it, as Skylar had talked about earlier. But, I don't know, it was just so beautiful. It was just so refreshing. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I, even though it was Slice of Life, I get, I agree. Like it, I mean, I don't dislike Slice of Life, but even for a Slice of Life, like because there, because a lot of Slice of Life is very much like, yep, that's just, this is literally just a slice of my very average life. But this has like, you know, the journey and the struggle that makes it more interesting. It's a slice of a unique like journey. An original yeah journey. you know it's like it's not like you know it's like a slice it's not like a slice of apple pie it's like a slice of like a very beautiful Key mosaic line. cheesecake oh yeah that you have at a sailor moon viewing party hot i agree i made that cheesecake and it was delicious so good and it was very beautiful she should post it on the twitter if she wants i posted on the instagram with all of that said, I think it's time we uh, jump into my favorite podcast segment. Is there an AMV for that? AMV, anime, music, videos. Is there an AMV for that? All right, Casey, you know the rules. Uh, give me a song and artist. I do want to preface this isn't like a hugely popular anime. So there's like a strong chance most answers won't yield a result. But I still want to hear what you think. The song I have chosen 
is Girl Crush by Little Big Town. It's a song from 2014. It was a crossover hit. It's about a, like a woman being jealous of everything another woman has. It's not about like a like a sexual girl crush. It's about like what she, wanting, wanting what she has. And I think that really relates to Notori's story, you know? Like wanting to uh, be accepted as a woman. So it should be that, but I know it probably won't be. <laughs> I will say, um, so unfortunately, it isn't. Uh, but I don't think it's because it's not a great choice. I think it's because there's only like 12 total AMVs to Wandering Sun that exist. And it's time to bridge the gap between country, music, and anime. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Shania Twain, get on board. Comment below, Shania. Shania Twain, the anime. Shania Twain, the anime. <laughs> Shania, Shania no, Twain. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, uh, I wish Shania. Shania. I was going to say, like, there's a way Shania-may? to make that work, right? Right? Someone work on that. Shiname Twain. No, I don't think there's a way to make it work. Unfortunately, no points, but I don't know much of what would have given you points, unfortunately. And there is a chance that there could be a point in the mix, though. Because mm-hmm. it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Let's see if there's an AMV for Wandering Sun to Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. I'm going to say no, because the odds are in my favor. Uh, Yeah, no... Uh, there isn't one. Overall, this is a very cute and uh, very warm anime. So there, in general, I don't think would have been one, even if it was more successful and popular. But regardless, there is not one. Really quick, type in Wandering Sun AMV. What is the first one? It's called Parallel Convergence. By Evanescence. Cool. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. There's by also Lincoln a song Park. called Obstacles <laughs> by Sid Matters. Stand strong. Uh, am I wrong? Not a lot of songs oh, I know. Am, but am I, I wrong? wrong? I know that song. I think it's that song. I forgot about that song. There is a song that now I'm curious to hear because there's a AMV to a song called "True Trans Soul Rebel." <laughs> that sounds like an AIM name. Like like <laughs> like True Trans Soul Rebel has entered the chat. <laughs> Uh, and unfortunately, with that, we are exiting the chat because oh, that is the end of our episode. Uh, we hope you guys had a good time, a fun time, a, a neat little slice of lifetime, a warm time, and a, a time of self-discovery. But that is unfortunately the end of our time. But until next time, we hope that your wait isn't a quiet disappointment. I have been PJ. And I have been in love with the textures and art of this anime, Skylar. And I'm tired of saying gay rights, so I'm going to say trans rights. I love trans people. You guys are great. Amen. <laughs> oh, guys, Casey? Trans people wow. can only be guys? Wow. J- oh, I didn't know we were doing a podcast with J.K. Rowling. All right. That was J.K. Casey, by Rowling. Bye, everyone. Bye. Uh, bye, everyone. <laughs> <I'm Molly. laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs>